Welcome to the Hoops of Recreation podcast, the fortnightly podcast where we take you through four 12-minute quarters of all things basketball. I'm your co-host for today, Matt, and with me, as always, the biggest thing in basketball to come out of the year 1985, Mark? Nikola Jokic has missed five shots in his last four games. And uh, our sixth man of the year, every single year, Wardy. Hey, dudes. We have a great episode for you today with a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Right, guys, first of all, Happy New Year to you both. This is our first episode of 2024. I hope you all had a fantastic holidays and New Year's and everything in between. Uh, and we've got a lot of basketball to catch up with. So we'll go straight into the first quarter because I know this is a quarter that Mark is absolutely dying uh, to, to kind of talk through. We've, we've nicknamed this quarter this week the Knicks quarter because in the first quarter, we recap on the last weeks of basketball. And uh, Mark, the Knicks have been playing all right this week have they not genuinely and this isn't my Knicks bias this is if you didn't know anything about the NBA you would think the Knicks are the only team that play judging by the media at the moment right (laughs) (laughs) it's just constant isn't it everything is about the Knicks I suppose you you had a Christmas present uh, at the end of 2023 that uh, you might not have necessarily been happy about, right? Because I think, was it either just before Christmas or maybe it must have been surely just after, right? Where uh, we saw the news that your beloved Quick and RJ Barrett had been traded to the Raptors and in return you got um, OG Ananobi. And I think I instantly messaged you like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Like the Knicks are a really bad team now. And uh, yep, completely proved me wrong because you guys have been on a, a bit of a tear and it's not even like you've been beating rubbish teams. Like you, you've been beating some decent teams during this run. Yeah, we got the dub on Christmas Day. I'm just going to need to put that one out there against uh, against the Bucks. Um, and, you know, Quick and RJ had, had decent games, quick in particular, and then uh, yeah, the next thing we know, a couple of days later, they're gone. It's it's done. They're out of it. They're out of it, and uh, it's a shame because uh, you know RJ had his critics, but I think he's a good player. Uh, I was a fan of him, and, and quick man. I mean, talk about a fan favorite. He was kind of like the the Jamal Crawford of uh, of this Knicks team. Had that same kind of uh, spark and impact. But I understand why they made a trade. Um, you know, we're, we weren't going to be able to re-sign them both. They're, they're going to be too much money. Um, and, you know, Tibbs has got a system where he wants Brunson and Randall to be able to to thrive and to to play isolation at times as well. And with OG Ananobi, uh, I believe from the right corner, he is the number one three-point shooter in the NBA. And Dante Givincenzo from the left corner is the number two uh, three-point shooter in the NBA from those spots. So that's the whole idea, isn't it? You've got Hartenstein out there setting screens for for Brunson. Randall goes one-on-one, and then you've got those two in the corner. But they've been doing more than that, actually. Um, you know, DiVincenzo had a 38-point game, and OG has been absolutely unbelievable. I'll be honest, I never watched Toronto games, so I didn't really know that much about OG, except he's British and doesn't smile very often. But he has come into this team shooting threes he's had a load of dunks he plays really good defense the first game was against the Timberwolves and you you know they're on a tear and you were like okay we'll probably lose this you know is we, we we had lost a game before where we you know were obviously a little bit short on players so I thought we were probably going to lose that against that team and 
OG came in and made instant impacts. Uh, Anthony Edwards had a good game, but OG was still really effective, particularly kind of in clutch moments against him. He had some dunks. There was a moment where he said to Brunson, I don't know what I'm doing. And Brunson said, just, just continue to cut. And he, he was he was making dunks and plays off those. He was hitting threes. And yeah, four games in, we're we're still with 4 0. We're unbeaten with uh, with OG in the lineup. Precious Achua isn't my favorite player, but he's better than Taj Gibson um, at the center. Um, and Macaulay Flynn is kind of like evil Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, he's like the Wario to, um, to, to Dante <laughs> DiVincenzo's Mario. <laughs> and I don't think he'll play in many minutes, but um, he's a decent pickup as well. But what it also has done is given McBride um, opportunity to shine. He's had some really good games. Grimes has had some really good games off the bench. So I've I'm got really that on pleased. my notes. Oh yeah. Well, I'm pleased that you're making notes about the Knicks now. Don't, hey, I've got a hat to. I knew that you. I knew <laughs> it's what it, it, if you can't beat them, join them. This week is my attitude towards it. So I thought, you know what? I'm actually going to have a little look. If you saw the amount of tabs I have open on my laptop of all Knicks related things, there's wow. a lot of Knicks going on on my laptop right now. But. Love to hear uh, it. His his minutes have gone up. I think he was averaging sort of around ten minutes a game or something like that prior to the trade, and now he's sort of gone up to more close to the sort of the the fourteen fifteen plus minutes. Um, so he's obviously taken over that kind of I suppose sixth man role um esque, uh, taking up some of those minutes that that Quick would have had. Um, again, you've seen his production's gone up, so it's good to see that you've got another young player that can kind of almost slot into that very different player, but you've got another young player that can kind of slot into that uh, position. The one thing I will uh, say is I'm a little bit worried about the the burnout for Randall and Brunson because mm. in the last four games, uh, I know obviously you're a four and zero at the minute of day of recording, but you've got against Minnesota 39 points for Randall. Chicago, 35 for Randall, 29 against Philly for Brunson, another 39 for Randall. A, a couple of these games were big wins. I mean, you absolutely smashed Philly and you smashed the Wizards. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how many more sort of 30 plus games you can get out of Brunson and Randall before it does end up going to a little bit of a burnout. And, you know, that that's what we're going to live and die by, isn't it? The, I think the great thing about the uh, Minnesota game was that Brunson had one of his worst shooting nights of his entire career. Um, we still managed to get the win and he had a career high 14 assists. So there, it's good to see that there are other ways to win. Um, Josh Hart has been really good since the trade. He had 15 rebounds the other night. He was Mad. plus 74, which is the highest wow. <laughs> plus minus of the entire season from any player so far this year. Uh, and the highest Nick ever since PR was recorded. So that's pretty impressive. And I think OG is plus 84 in his first four games, which again, you know, is crazy. So... Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like this the entire season. I'm sure this is a honeymoon period, but it seems like it was the, the right move at the moment. However, we haven't got the highest win streak in the league. That still belongs to Team Out West. It's not you, Wardy, just to uh, <laughs> just in case you were wondering. <laughs> yeah, I knew the answer to that one already. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a little bit worried to acknowledge it um, because of the fact that learning very very quickly as a fairly new Clippers fan right like we've documented on this uh, podcast that it was sort of in that in between very very short period in between the Lob City era and uh, the PG Kawhi era that I, I kind of fell in love with the Clippers and uh, very quickly after that I went from loving a team that had zero expectations to um, 
uh, all of a sudden having a, a team with all the expectations of a championship. So uh, I don't want to. I don't want to speak too soon. Is what I'm trying to say. We went on an absolute huge tear of wins after a dreadful time with Harden. Somehow we've kind of figured it all out. We had a couple of losses against OKC in Boston. OKC a little bit of a bogey team for us. And Boston, I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league, best out in the East so far. Uh, and then straight away we've gone on a, a five game win streak again. Uh, I'm I'm more happy with this run that we've been able to top some kind of bogey teams for us during this period. Like it's the small kind of wins, I think, that, uh, that that we can kind of focus on. I mean, Denver are always a team that like every other team in the league, we always play really bad against. The fact that we managed to, to beat Denver, I was really happy about. We haven't beaten Utah at Utah in God knows how many years. Like that, again, is another bogey team for us that we've just not been able to beat Utah there, no matter how bad they are in forever. Managed to get our first win there in, in however long. And um, with the win on Saturday against New Orleans, that was the first time Ty Lue in seven seasons, I think, has beaten New Orleans at what at, at the Pelicans. Yes, yeah, first time in, I think, seven seasons that wow. he, whether it was seven games or seven seasons, I don't know. Can't remember now, but there was definitely a seven involved. But it's been a long time that Ty Lue... <laughs> It's been I a love long that. time. There's such a, there's in quite seven a big difference minutes. between seven seasons and seven. <laughs> I'm seven sure it was games. seven seasons. Again, it's just it's we just can't beat the Pelicans at New Orleans. And again, the fact that we beat them and we were behind in that game as well. I watched that game. Um, and we were behind in the first quarter, and then all of a sudden we were like, nah, this is this is our game. We're taking over now, and we just ran with it. I'm just scared though because it's all going to end in tears. That's the thing I'm worried about. It's going to end in tears. It's funny how some teams have like those hexes, like how yeah. Orlando kept beating the Celtics. Although the Celtics have finally broken that hex on them now. How are you guys feeling about Orlando at the moment? They had a really, really great start to the season. Maybe stumbling just a little bit now. Yeah, it was it was expected. Like we knew they weren't going to keep this run up, um, but they've got all the pieces to build back into it haven't they they're not going to completely fall off I hope it, I hope not anyway because I think they've been a really excited team and they've I mean the Wagner brothers to me are they're, they're incredible and they're such a huge piece to that um, and Bancaro has been awesome so I think they'll bounce back um, you, they, you'd hate to see a team like that not be able to capitalise on what a great start they had you know but they're a young team they're going to have these moments especially yeah, as other teams are now ramping up because you've got mm the in-season tournament out the way. You've got the doldrums of the season out. We've had Christmas. This is go time now. Mark, you said a couple of weeks ago that Christmas Day is the start of the season in previous years. So this is it, the build-up to All-Star break. And then from there on, it's it, it's go time. So I think they can pick it back up. So that means the Knicks are 4-0 since the start of the season. They're really 100% yeah. <laughs> I thought we've gone past the Knicks. You can't go past and can't go past the Knicks massively. Talking about teams that, oh, sorry, talking about teams that uh, again going past the Knicks. I mean, I know you've said there, Mark. You've asked this question as like, uh, what do we think about the Magic? They went off to a tear and then they've kind of slumped a little bit. Right now, they're currently, as of day of recording, they are sat sixth in the East. But it does mean barely anything because from fourth to eighth in the east you've got the Knicks, Cavs, Magic and Heat all on day of recording at 20 wins 15 losses and just above them in fourth you've got the Pacers 20 and 14 so it, 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 that race for that sort of like 
bottom half. It seems like right now, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, pretty much guaranteed. Fourth to eighth is going to be anyone's business. It's going to be it's, it's going to be a bit crazy. Yeah, those three are very clearly the three best teams uh, in the East, aren't they? And it is kind of anybody else's for the taking after that. The Celtics just look so good and it's really annoying, but they could probably have three All-Stars this year. Derek White, an All-Star? Hey, it's because he shaved his head. That's it. <laughs> it's the key, isn't it? As soon as you go bald, all your powers. That's what happened to you, Wardy, wasn't it? <laughs> Right, guys, into the second quarter. And it's in this quarter we spend a little bit of time looking at uh, all things fashion within the league, whether it is on court, off court and everything in between. And uh, Mark, you, you've you prepped a couple of notes for uh, this quarter, I do believe. So I'll let you kind of kick things off here. Well, there is so many good sneaker releases this year. And with it being the trade window at the moment, I thought it was a really good opportunity for us to have a look at some of the best sneaker releases coming up. And as I say, in the spirit of the trade window, what I'm going to ask you guys to do is I'll give you a sneaker. Um, We can talk about the ins and outs of it when it's releasing and what we like about it. But what I really want to know is do you want to sign so do you like that shoe you want to sign it do you want to wave it so you're not interested in it at all or would you prefer to trade it so you like it but maybe not for you and maybe there's a player in the nba that you think would probably wear it or maybe there's another anecdote on why they might be interested in that shoe um so essentially it's uh yeah cop drop or i don't know pass to a mate um but in the form of uh, the trade window. So sign, trade or wave. And we're going to kick off with probably the most anticipated release of the year, which is the return of the Jordan 4 military blue. Um, We haven't got a confirmed date for this at the moment, but we have seen some really good pictures uh, as posted on sneakers and recreation. So we know that they are coming out this year. So I'll start with you massively. Are you going to uh, sign them? Are you going to waive them? Or are you going to trade them to someone else? Um, so you might be surprised with this, seeing as I've confessed in previous uh, episodes that I'm not exactly the biggest Jordan guy for me in my personal life. Uh, but I have these down as 100% uh, a sign. If I have the option to, to, if these are in front of me and someone says you can either have these, get rid of them or give them to someone else, yeah, I'm keeping them. Uh, the pictures look really, really good. This is, I think, the third time that this shoe has either released or retro, so maybe the second time it's been retro, I do think. It's not coming out as the quote-unquote military blue this time it's the industrial blue isn't it they're just the same shoe they've just changed the bloody name um but uh, supposedly this is the most like to like re-release from the original colorway looks great and also from what i've been hearing uh one of the big issues that everyone loved in 2023 was the sb jordan uh four and supposedly after everyone loving that shoe said why don't you make all fours like this? Supposedly, Jordan have uh, listened to, to to the people and they are now improving the Jordan 4 moving forward. So if I get an improved fit, improved materials, iconic colorway, I'm taking it. So this could be your first Jordan 4 massively. Hey, who would have thunk it? Who would have Very thunk exciting. it? Very exciting. I think I this is the third retro. I think there was 06 and then um, 2012 and then right. this one's but you're quite right in saying this is the closest to the og 
like you say, the colour, um, people have been like, oh, it's slightly darker than the, the 2012. That's because it's closer to the OG. Yeah. And that's got that SB shape, which again is as close as we've seen to the OG. So these look perfect. Wardy? I was a sign as well. I really like these um, sort of, you know, back when they retroed in early 2010s. Um, I saw a lot of people wearing them. I saw a lot of people wearing them on court as wow. well, which is, um, that, that was a big, that was a big thing back then. Though. If you go back sort of 10, 15 years, people wore mm-hmm. retros to play basketball in. It was, you know, weird for a basketball shoe, but um, that's exactly what happened. And I, I had a little bit of jealousy watching people run up and down and sort of be out. And it's definitely, definitely what I wanted then. So I think it's definitely one that I should put on the list now. Nice. So, and I would absolutely sign. They are number one on my hit list uh, this year. So, yeah, full signings all around. Next up on the list is a basketball shoe, and it's probably the most anticipated um, shoe that we've had for a while. Actually, or I mean, it's really, really mixed in terms of the uh, the feedback that I read. Um, but I'm going to ask you guys. So, this is the book one. Um, they've done a really small 500 pair release at Art Basel in Miami, um, but we haven't still, still waiting on this release date for these, which seems crazy because they've been debuted at the start of the season. We saw pictures of them in the summer. Every other signature shoe has been out. Tatum's about to get his second and it's only halfway through this season. Don't know what's going on with it. There must be a reason. And we've seen book coming out with all types of colorways. They're starting off with the orange. We then had the neon, like the 95s. We had a shattered backboard inspired, which is like a terrible Air Force One custom, if I'm honest. But still highly anticipated. So starting with you, Mr. Phoenix, Wardy, the Devon Booker in the orange colorway, are you going to sign, wave, or trade? Oh, specifically Specifically in orange. Specifically in orange, yeah. Team colours. <laughs> Is there a colour you prefer? I might, I might change my, I might, might change my mind to what I had in had in my head. But um, I, th- I was thinking, who could I give this to? Because I don't, I like some of the colourways, like the, the shattered backboard. I actually really liked, um, uh, and I think it's looked really good in some colourways, or it's looked completely awful in others. So I don't want to wave it. I don't want it for myself. So I, I, I'm going to trade it. Like, who can I trade? This too, and I was thinking, well, this is a this, this is an SB shoe, mm. basically. So I had a little Google, and um, guess who proclaimed themselves to be the best NBA player on a skateboard? It's the one and only Clay Thompson, <laughs> of course. So, wow, of course. For two reasons, I'm going to trade this to Clay. Uh, one because he is the best skateboarder, apparently, uh, which has been backed up by pro skateboarder Ryan Sheckler. Um, but also because I'd love to see. Clay's face when he opens that box up to find a pair of Devin Booker's <laughs> shoes in his hand. It's, it's kind of an irony as well because he hates Book, but Book is kind of the reincarnation of Clay Thompson, isn't he? Oh, when you think of it that way, Matt Sibley. Um, I also have this as uh, a trade. However, I've I've traded it for a slightly different reason because I have said to trade this to Jarmoran. Because it basically looks like the Jar One. Yeah. And hey, Jar was in there first. So therefore, he should also get a pair of book ones. So uh, snooze, you lose book. Sorry, you've already lost your shoe to Jar Morant. Yeah, I think that's very, uh, very clear that these, the Sabrinas, the Jars, they're all very a formula this year. Yeah, they're very Kobe-like, aren't they? Honestly, if you look at the two side to side, I have pictures up here uh, of a pair of jar um, jar ones from 
the Nike website and then the the kind of article that we're looking for today. The only difference is, is that the book one has a back tab, like a back pulley, and it's ever so slightly higher. Like that's genuinely the only two differences that I can see from the shoe. Um, it's they're so so similar and like you said the Sabrina ones as well basically the same shoe so yeah we've got too many similar shoes Jar can have them all actually Sabrina can have them all so I'm changing it we're trading them all to Sabrina she can have them all hers is my favourite out of those three if I'm totally honest it's a great looking shoe um, it's sold out in men's sizes almost everywhere great shoe okay another one which oh sorry i didn't say what i wanted to do with that i'm going to obviously pass on those although <laughs> there is a part of me that does want to have like see them in hand i just want to see what they're like if they're as chunky as they look and if they're heavy yeah like i, I need to need to check them out um another one which has uh, definitely got dividing opinions but always anticipated when these drop the travis scott jordan jumpman jack which is a brand new silhouette from uh, from Jordan and and Travis Scott, again no dates so far. This one of two new silhouettes that are releasing um, from Travis Scott. Matt Sibley, are you going to uh, sign these? Are you waving them or are you going to trade them? These are a straight up wave. You're not even you're not even going to get them in for a trial. Not, no, not even going to watch them shoot around. No. No, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> bored of Travis Scott and and sneakers. To be perfectly honest, like I feel as it's just one of those things that for years and years and years he's had a little bit of a chokehold on the the sort of sneaker space. As soon as a Travis Scott shoe drops, it's like pandemonium for no apparent reason. I mean, you had people pretending that they were into golf last year to get his golf Jordan one lows. Um, and I just seem like the, the people are going to go crazy over this, although it doesn't look like a nice shoe. So he also said that last year that he was going to be done with the Jordan one lows. And we've already seen three other colorways that are releasing this year on Jordan one. I'm just bored of Travis Scott in, in general with shoes. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking my personal vendetta out on him by waving <laughs> your shoes. I think the problem with it is, is that it kind of waters down um, the, the, not the uh, financial value, but like the value that I feel yeah. to having a Travis Scott shoe. Like when they first came out, it was like, the originals, oh, cool. so yeah. good. It was yeah. cool because it, it was, you know, everybody wants a shoe, which is rare. Like we want some scarcity to stuff. A sneakerhead, we want availability and rarity. It's this kind of window that we, you know, try and try and fit things in. Yeah. And I, at one point I had all of the Travis Scott Jordan ones, the highs and lows. And now I only have two pairs left because wow. I just don't feel like there's so many releases. I had the sixes, both pairs of sixes. I haven't got those anymore. Yeah. Like I just, I don't. I feel myself not wanting to wear them because it's like everybody's got them. It just doesn't feel. Yeah, it doesn't and feel like fakes everywhere as well. Yeah, that's like also it's, true. It's, you know when Yeezys first came out and you walked down Oxford Street and it's like <laughs> you knew ninety percent of the people wearing those Yeezys they weren't real. It's kind of like that. As soon as I see a pair of Travis Scott Fragment Jordan ones, I'm like, they're not real, are they? Come on, let's be honest. So yeah, that um, yeah. that that. Uh, fragment Jordan One Low must be the most faked shoe yep. ever made. I'm sure. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, they're all over the place. Woody, how are you feeling about the Jumpman Jack? Listen, I'm a 44 year old man. Um, <laughs> I don't really know who Travis Scott is. <laughs> I can't say I've ever. I've attempted to listen to his music, give it five seconds, and assume it's garbage. Uh, it doesn't doesn't appeal to me. So it's 
he doesn't appeal to me, so I'm not going to go crazy for these. And they're not they're not a great silhouette, you know. Like you say, he's he's had good silhouettes in the past. Just switch the the tick round so it's backwards, looks a bit different. But you know, Giannis does that. Give me a pair of Giannis's instead. But um, no thanks, just because I'm just too old and I've missed that whole phase. Yeah. I get that. I also love that you've got a, another name for Janus as well. We've got so we've got Janus, Janus. <laughs> we call him whatever we like on this show. Okay, last one really quickly because I know the court is coming to an end. An absolute classic um, from the kind of 2010s, the Nike KD4 Nerf. Matt Ward, what are you saying with this? Are you going to sign, wave, or trade? Sign. This is the one that. The one that got away, I had a few of KD4s. Um, so sort I of had the original ones. The, the Easters were the favorite ones that I actually had. Um, they're, so, they're so comfortable. They were like awesome to look at. The colorways for those were great. You had the Weathermans. Um, the Scoring Champs are probably my second favorite. But yeah, the, the Art Pearls. But yeah, it was, it was absolutely the Nerf one, especially with the whole kit as well. Very nostalgic, definitely. And quickly before the buzzer goes, Matt Sibley. Uh, this one, unfortunately, is a wave. Um, I appreciate how iconic it is, but I miss this whole period of, I've said on this podcast before, I'm a hypocrite. I talk about basketball, slate basketball players, but can't play an ounce of basketball myself. So I have no use for these other than the fact that Nerf's kind of cool. Yeah, they're away from me too. I remember this period in basketball well. I didn't like it. (laughs) 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 Definitely away from it. Into the second half, we have our third quarter. This is our third quarter throwback where normally Wardy presents us with a game for us to go back and review. But seeing as this is the first episode of 2024, uh, we're doing a little bit of a 2023 recap. So Wardy... Over to you, mate. What are we talking about? Just going through uh, 2023, according to me, really. Um, I've got five things that I really liked uh, that we can talk about. It'd be, it'd be nice to talk about the good stuff that's happened because there was an awful lot of exciting things to happen in the last 12 months of NBA basketball. Um, but I'm going to start us off and uh, chip in if you want to, but don't feel you have to. It's the things that I didn't like um, from the year, the things that we've we would have covered already. Um, so number one is Draymond just going full vigilante and sorting anyone for any reason whatsoever. Um, he's going to be making his return soon. So hopefully 2024 is his good boy year. Um, num- uh, another one that I didn't like was obviously Jar Morant. Sort of the things that he did um, over social media with the guns. <laughs> Once you can, you know, he's a young guy, you, you make mistakes, but if you make mistakes twice, I think, you know, again, you've got a serious problem and he had to pay for that with having 25 games and cost him a chance to be MVP this year. <laughs> Every time he has a really good game, especially when he first came back and started playing really well. I MVP. What is going to be loving this? <laughs> my, my sliver of hope. That's one thing from 2023 I'd like to get rid of as well. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, some of our bold takes were bolder than others. You guys were right on my back with my bold take before Shea MVP, OKC home court. <laughs> hey. that, it was on the old man and the three the other day. We were ahead of the curve. There we go. Yeah, it could be happening. I, I think JJ listens to this podcast. You know, I hear a few things on there. And I'm like, JJ, we just talked about that the other day. <laughs> um, I've also got Dylan Brooks just for poking the bear. Um, 
I, th- I hate his whole gimmick because it's so manuf- manufactured. It's it's so WWE, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Stone Cold Dylan Brooks is 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 a real thing, and I think people just laughing at him now. So he needs to give that up. And you know, we've seen glimpses of perhaps a different side, but yeah, one to forget for him. Um, and my last thing that I didn't really like was the All Star Game, the most garbage All Star Game in the history of All Star Games. Um, they didn't even bother playing the second half they just carried on their impromptu dunk contest for the full 48 minutes so um i, I think that's the reason why they've gone back to east east versus west they looked at this and gone we need to change something this is awful um so hopefully we can get uh, a better game in the, in the next couple of months i'm not gonna lie I, I i completely agree with you about the all-star game and i think going back to east v west is brilliant we, we needed a change a few years ago and needed a switch up but East v West just feels more authentic. It just feels like how it should be. And I think aside from probably like Dame, most people have been in the East or West like for a kind of decent amount of time. And I think they'll will hopefully feel like, you know, some some loyalty to that to that team and wanna and wanna kind of win that game. Because that's what it needs, isn't it? That competitive edge again. Let's let's hear the things you loved in 2023. There was a lot. I started with a huge list, but I have narrowed it down. And these are in no particular order. Um, but the in-season tournament, I mean, who would have thought that this would be as successful as it was? Because, I mean, I, I'm very honest, I had no idea what was going to happen. Most of the players in the NBA, they had no idea as well. But as soon as they it got don't. going... <laughs> still don't. <laughs> Nah, the ones who never made it through the first round have no clue what it <laughs> no was all about. They, as far as they're concerned, they just played regular season games. Yeah, and and, and that's it. I think when people realised they could go far and what was going on, they bought into it. And you, they, a great thing with the kits and the court as well to distinguish that uh, you know, mm-hmm. from a normal game. Um, and I think people will be excited to see this again next year. Um, it was just such a great idea. No one knew what was going to happen. I think people have been in the pipeline for a few years, very sceptical, but it was awesome. It like absolutely took everything. Also, I've just realised that's 1-0 to me in our, our pre-season predictions. Oh, yeah. It is. I yeah. can't believe it. Like I'm finally not a loser. I, I've finally <laughs> made my family proud for the first time. It's incredible. <laughs> I got one prediction right. <laughs> Might be the only one, but because go tell you what, Golden State aren't, aren't making the finals. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Lakers are gonna uh, win the season tournament. There we go. Well, if it makes you if it makes you feel any better, I said the Mavs were gonna win it and they I don't think they actually won a single game in the entire <laughs> in season tournament. So yeah. uh, there we go. But uh, I think honestly, the in season tournament has been the biggest victory in the league in I, I don't even know how long. Like I, I know that's I suppose the next biggest thing, and it was only a few years ago, like the play-in tournament was was obviously a, a huge success. But I feel like this in-season mm-hmm. tournament, for the people that have actually bought into it, and as fans, we've been a fan of it the entire time, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, it, I, I think it's just created that... There's, there's been excitement the whole way through. I know, what are you referenced to earlier, Mark? You said season doesn't start until Christmas. It has started beforehand because a banner has been hung before christmas day like i i really think it's one of the biggest successes yeah and you referenced the the play-ins there you know that both of those are two really good examples i think of how the nba adam silver have looked at what the fans don't enjoy and made changes so yeah like we said the season doesn't 
you know, it doesn't get interesting until after Christmas. Well, now it does because we've got the in-season tournament. And with the play-ins, you know, having the opportunity for teams to be able to get in, um, being a, a, a lower a lower tier, and also seeing teams like the Heat, you know, go and and the Lakers as well make runs when they've been playing teams has been really really interesting. Yeah. So next on my list is LeBron overtaking Kareem. Um, it, it's got to be on the list. You know, he's now the leading scorer, and, and for me, the most amazing thing is. He's just turned 39 and it doesn't show any signs of slowing down. I mean, he's currently averaging 25.2 points per game. I really want to see how far he can push this because he's going to get this. I mean, Kareem's was seemingly unobtainable for so long. LeBron is, who's going to catch up with LeBron? Like it's going to be another 30, 40 year record for sure because he doesn't show any signs to see it slowing down. He's not even slightly. I and when could LeBron play until? Like, genuinely, like most people, you're like, oh, you can start to see a little bit of a decline here. The guy's averaging the same numbers he did when he was at the fucking heat, like yeah. <laughs> in his prime 11 years ago, 12 years ago. Like, I, I, I just, he, he could play for, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say this out of pocket. He could easily play five years more easily and only have you know by the end of that there might be a slight decline but he's at 25 points a game he could he could play for five more years yeah and still be one of the best players in the league i was gonna say he could he could play for five more years and retire averaging like a triple i'm I'm, I'm not joking he could probably be averaging 28 and 8 on his final season and be like you know what i'm kind of done now i've played one or two (laughs) years with Bronny. like this I've earned enough money. I'm a gajillionaire. Like, yeah, sure. I'm going to retire. I was listening to uh, Podcast P the other day because, again, all we do, uh, we've established on this podcast, all I do in my spare time is listen to other basketball podcasts. And uh, they were talking about, like, oh, congratulations, PG. Like, you've just made 17,000 like points. And even like Paul George sat there and went, damn, LeBron's on like 39,000. Like, I'm here <laughs> celebrating 17 and he's like over double me. And, what's and I was PG like, when now? you put 32, it into 34. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you put it into that space, like honestly, I don't, I don't think there will ever be someone. This is the only, probably one of the only records in basketball that's physically unbeatable. Like when you look at like Wilt and things like this having hundred point games, I think with offense at the minute, we can see someone hit a hundred point game. Yeah, hundred percent. No one will ever be able to have the longevity LeBron has had. This is an unbeatable record. It will be the only one ever to be unbeatable. Yeah, I think it could well be because who else could come in at the age that he did? Yep, live up to the hype how he did and play for as long as he has and will. It's just and not have any injuries. Perfect like, storm. Yeah, I mean, he. I think I've read before he spends over a million a year on his body. That is the best investment that anyone has ever made. Yeah. I mean, he probably wipes his ass with million-dollar notes, to be fair, the amount of money he makes. He should. <laughs> he should. <laughs> if that keeps him playing, it's worth it. <laughs> Sorry, Woody. We just went on yeah, a, we've I taken over. Like LeBron that much. No. <laughs> That's, like, That's fine. We'll, do, we'll just go for a long... Uh, we'll have a long quarter. You know, we'll be as long as LeBron's career. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I haven't had dinner yet. <laughs> I can't go on that long. So, next on my list was... Jimmy Butler 
and the amazing run that the Heat did in the playoffs to go from the eighth seed all the way through to the finals. Um, I mean, they were a very talented and well-balanced team all the way through. For the last few years, they have been, um, but they rely on Jimmy to be playing to be playing well. And as soon as he has that hint of the competition getting serious, he just flicks that switch and he is one of the most incredible players you can ever watch. Like you could talk about Jimmy in the regular season and say, yeah, it could be an all-star. He'd be a potential Hall of Famer. But as soon as he he's wants to really push it and the goal is in sight of winning a championship, he is elite. He is an absolute superstar. It's a shame we don't see it all the time. Um, but he is so focused and he's just amazing to watch. I mean, he's my son's favourite player. And like you can see why, because he's got everything. He plays great D, like he's intense. He's a go-to guy on offense. Yeah. And and also he you can feel the his passion as well. And and that's so good. I mean, has there been a better run by a player or a team in recent history? No. Uh, Jimmy Butler has um a different type of load management, right? Like when you think about load management, you think about Kawhi and PG sitting games out. Like it's almost like with Jimmy Butler, the lights are on but no one's home for three quarters of the season. And then like all of a sudden, like, oh, we're back from our holidays now. Playoff time. Let's go. Like it's like he's playing the minutes, but he's just cruising for 75% of the season. And he, like you said, Wardy, he just flips the ultimate switch and he's like, this is now my league. Wardy, what's the last one before we end up making this quarter 88 minutes long or something like that? Okay, so no surprises here, but the Nuggets winning, they were another really good, you know, team to get behind. Um, I think mostly because they're two stars, Jokic and Murray. They're just NBA everyman, aren't they? They seem to be really nice guys. I mean, you absolutely get behind Jokic because he's just the best player in basketball over the last few years and he doesn't care. Like he's, he's even said, when I retire, I want people to forget who I am. I, I don't want people talking to me. I just want to race horses. And he's, what, 28? <laughs> he's we will never career. see him ever again. He, he'll mm. turn up less than Tim Duncan once he retires. It will be the odd kind of like uh, when they do like a 20-year anniversary, you know, uh, of the chip. And when, they, when he goes in the Hall of Fame, apart from that, you will never hear from that guy. He'll be the new big country, won't he? <laughs> he do a documentary in 20 years' yeah. time. <laughs> Finding Joker. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, when we see the NBA 100s and, like, you see the 100 top players come onto the court, wherever it is, like, everyone's going to be like, that's Jokic. Like, I can see him being, like, 40 stone with a huge Easy. beard or something like yeah. that like he's you're gonna be like, he he was the best player in the league like really it absolutely will be huge and everyone will be like you were trying to tell your kids like one listen kids i know it doesn't look like it now but trust me <laughs> he destroyed really every guy. team everybody he killed them nobody could guard him yeah oh, it's absolutely gonna happen but yeah, I, I love that one, Wardy. The Nuggets were such a feel-good uh, team, such a deserved uh, team as well. Um, and it's not very often that you get a team outside of the kind of Lakers, Celtics, you know, the kind of classic teams that, that goes on and, and um, wins a title from a team that they've built over a few years as well. So really, really, really nice. <laughs> 
Right, guys, after a, a fantastic roundup of 2023, I don't know about you guys, but I have a, a, a warm and fuzzy feeling in my, my tum-tum after that one. That was a, I love looking back at a, a great year of basketball. But we're moving into the fourth. We're going to have a little look at some of the games that we have marked down in our calendars uh, for the next week. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, there's quite a big list of games that I have that I'm kind of looking forward to uh this week um we've got Timberwolves versus the Celtics on the 11th of January first in the west versus first in the east can't knock that one um we've also got Celtics Bucks on the 12th of Jan first and second in the east um and as well as that again we can kind of dive into these in a little bit more detail and go on tangents uh have you guys noticed that on Monday the 15th of January um we, we would probably be recording next week's podcast by that time but we've got about five games that all tip off from about six o'clock UK time like th- there's going to be a Monday where you can just choose from several teams that you want to watch it very rarely happens in the NBA so it's a, for UK basketball fans it's a good week this week some good games that night as well, like yeah. on the 15th, Pelicans uh, versus Mavs, Magic versus Knicks um, at eight o'clock as well. And if you like Wemby, he's playing against uh, Trey Young at 8.30. So, yeah, that's a nice little, uh, nice little Monday night. It's the Martin Luther King Day. It is. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, happens every year, Matt Sibley. Hey, well, I always forget every single year, clearly. <laughs> it's, just the fact, it's, the fact, it's just the fact there's so many. Or you, you've got what? Rocket Sixers at six, Pels Mavs at seven thirty, Pistons Wizards at eight. Like I said, Magic Knicks at eight. If you really wanted to, you could stay up until, like, you could just watch back to back games for basically like the entire evening on a Monday. You could do twelve hours and take Tuesday off work, couldn't you? Seems a bit excessive. I'm, but... I'm not going to do that at this stage of the season. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of thing you've reserved for the playoffs, isn't it? No. Hey, well, there's a couple of others that I am actually a little bit excited about. And this kind of allows me to talk about some of the things I had prepped for the first, um, because not quite on the 11th, but on the 13th of the first, we have uh, Paces versus Hawks. Now, on the surface, this might not look like a very, very important game. However, if we look at this season, the Pacers have scored over 150 points three times. Two of them were against the Hawks. So, in fact, actually all three of them, I think, were against the Hawks. So although on the surface, this might not seem like the biggest game in the world, Pacers versus Hawks, who really cares? Uh, I'm just interested to see whether the Pacers can drop 150 plus points on the Hawks three or four times in one season because the fact that we have teams <laughs> dropping 150 points is mad but if the Pacers can do it I, I'm pretty sure I can't remember now whether it's three or uh, whether they've done it twice or three times already it's definitely at least twice but if they could drop 150 points again against the Hawks like that's just mental imagine getting down by 600 points over a course Honestly. of four games <laughs> absolutely ridiculous you know how we talked about the uh, the Hawks mediocreness yeah. Did, did anybody see the statistic that came out last week? What do you saw it? Yeah, it was it was incredible. Like it just hammered home the fact that they are the most 
average franchise. It's like 17 years, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah something. It was an absolutely ridiculous amount of years. They are 500. Like what, across on, 17 years on the dot, yeah. For, I don't think it was 17 years, would I think it was like, but well, it was, it was, it was a long period, so that's yeah, 600 1200 games. 1200 games. So that's yeah, yeah, 15. Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a long, yeah. long, long, long time. I did yeah. work it out, but I forgot, yeah, 600 and 600 they were. Wow. <laughs> Over the last 1,200 games. I love and hate the Hawks all at the same time. And I feel like I only started hating the Hawks because of this podcast. I feel like your hatred You're for Trey Young has kind of fed in, like, gone into my blood. But uh, I'm glad I could res- uh, be an influencer on that. You have to respect the hustle of a team that has a goal in mind and they're achieving <laughs> it. Like, to be perfectly 500, <laughs> you have to respect the grind. <laughs> Keep it steady, boys. Keep it steady. Don't yeah. It's like being at work, isn't it? You know, like, don't want to do whoa, whoa, too whoa. much because I'm going to get, you know, I don't want to have too much on me, but also don't want to do little because I don't want to get sacked. So, yeah, yeah, wanna, yeah. yeah, I'll do some good things sometimes and then I'll, you know, I won't work as hard sometimes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep it steady. So um, I fact check myself. This is season 15 of Mediocrity. Season That's 15 mad. is incredible. Wow. That is crazy. Um, what's even crazier is the all-star returns came in this week. The, the first returns, fan vote only. We need to you know, make that very clear that this is fan vote only. And your guy, Trey Young, is third in East Guards. Third. Tyrese Halliburton is first. Dame Lillard second. And then Trey Young, followed by Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Maxey, Jalen Brunson. Lamelo Ball is seventh. The guy has played like twelve games. We've got to stop letting the fans vote. Honestly, <laughs> it's getting to that stage. How's Demar Derozan in the guard section as well? Uh, yeah, but he's one of those players that it's like it's a bit of a, he's a bit of a tweener, isn't he? Like we we had this last year where we weren't entirely sure whether um, Jalen Brown was going to be a, a guard or or front court, right? Where it's kind of like mm, yeah, on the the cusp. Obviously, he's now he, he's he was front court last year and he's front court again this year. But I think uh, yeah, Demar Derozan is definitely that sort of in between for for the modern era, anyways. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a two, but he plays at four. Yeah. Um, Currently, the Celtics have their entire starting five in the in, in the fan vote between the the guards um, and the front court. They have their entire starting five, which is crazy. The front court looks a little bit more normal. Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, um, followed by Butler, uh, Jalen Brown, Bam, Bridges, Pazingas, Kuzma, and Banchero. No Randall in there whatsoever. The guy who's just been on an absolute tear, honestly. Going back to what you said, Mark, we shouldn't let fans vote for this because Kyle Kuzma makes it in the top 10 every single year <laughs> because he wears. And all it is is that every single person that follows league fits votes for him. And that's yeah. all it is, is that it's just a bunch of league fits fan boys that, that vote him in. As much as he's on the team and you could argue that he's helping us win, I also don't think that James Harden, given how strong the West is, how on earth is he four um, and the guards, uh, is beyond me, especially where you Ahead got... of Anthony Edwards. Exactly, Be- exactly. Teams, best records uh, in the West. And, you know, he's coming in at sixth. Jar Morant yeah. is seventh and he's played 10 games. Yep. Exactly. Hey, yeah, but he's he's also a future MVP, isn't he? So John Morant <laughs> this is, is a future true. MVP. Clay Thompson and Austin Reeves have got to be the two most bizarre names, though, across the whole thing. Like, I love Austin Reeves. He comes off the bench. 
Hey, the one that really, I, I, I'm. There's two in the front court for the West. One of them, I'm really, really, really happy about. Um, and the other, I'm just like face let me, palm let me guess. annoyed let me with. Guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. The right. one you're really okay. happy for is Senjun. Yes, one thousand percent. Because yes. no one is watching the Rockets. He deserves to be an All Star this year. So that to me is saying there's actual NBA fans that are voting for this. What's the one that I don't like? Kawhi Leonard. No. Oh, is it Wemby? Is it Wemby? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm happy I'm, for Kawhi to be in there. Oh, I mean, really? without I, him, I we're not winning. You wouldn't be because oh, yeah, the expectation. <laughs> this is you know, expectation level again. <laughs> if he's an all star, if you guys have got three, you know, th- three all stars, what's going to happen? Yeah, uh, that, that's a different. That's uh, he deserves to be on that list. Absolutely, and we will revisit this in a couple of weeks' time once we've uh, had some uh, some other votes come in. And uh, I look forward to seeing what the actual media and players and coaches vote. Is this the dagger? Right, guys, first one of 2024 in the bag and hey it was a decent episode I, if, if, you, if you if you don't mind me saying we've had games we've had rants but unfortunately all good things do have to come to an end and uh, with that I will say thank you for listening to the Hoops and Recreation podcast remember if you like this episode leave us a five-star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family make sure you follow at sneakers and recreation on Instagram to keep up to date with all things Hoops and Rec and until next time speak to you later goodbye